evening, everyone, and welcome to High Spirits. I'm Jay Stegman, and with me, as always, is my best pal, Noelle Schmidt. That's right. Together, we host a show called High Spirits, in which we drink alcohol and we talk about ghosts. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Noelle, what are you drinking this evening? Uh, I'm drinking a... I think I may have had this before, but I really like this one. It's called If You See K. It's a... Uh, it's a red wine. Red. I think you must have had this before because I think I probably said something about Britney Spears and her song, If You See Gamey. Well, the reason I like this is because there is a Norwegian punk band named Turbo Negro that has a song called If You See K. Huh. And I love that song. If you see K, tell her I love her, okay? Hey. That's a death metal song? It's punk. Um, oh, okay. There are no. <laughs> I was like, because the genre lightened up a whole hell of a lot since I checked. If it. you see K, that's that would be more. No, but yeah, uh, but I, I I buy this only because of the band, and uh, I really like that band, and you should check them out. They're a lot of fun. They have had several incarnations. I saw them at punk rock, rock bowling a few years ago, and they were hilarious. Very cool. Yeah, they're very costuming and flamboyant and. The lead singer came out like a leather daddy. Oh. I was all for it. Sure. Yeah. You're all into that. I love the, that's, that's I love the daddies. If you have a time, that's it. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm drinking, um, I'm sponsored by, and I'm drinking Coors from the, um, yeah, from the Western part of the United States of America, mm-hmm. from those mountains of Coors. The Rocky Mountains. The Rockies. Because you like John Denver. I do. Rocky Mountain. Huh? Yeah. Right. Uh, I think that that is a terrific song. Poor mm-hmm. John Denver. A ghost. He is a ghost. We do. We, yeah, we love some John Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the album that he did with the Muppets. Don't remember it. I think there was one. or There maybe, probably was. I feel like there was. Anyway. I didn't necessarily have the most, like, toy-based uh, Muppet childhood. <laughs> you can ask me, like... <laughs> I'm still living a Muppet life. Yeah. Did, so. you, did you see John Denver on PBS? I'd be like, why, yes, I did. <laughs> um, I've watched all Muppet, all things Muppet, Muppet, including the failed ABC sitcom that they had a couple years ago, um, and now whatever's happening on Disney Plus. Which the I'm, Muppets had a sitcom. They did, oh, and wow. they tried to do it like a kind of like a Thirty Rock style. Oh, uh, but with like testimonials, huh. and it. I thought it was okay, but the rest of America did not think so. Sounds great when you're pitching, but... It got canceled. Sure. Uh, and now, yeah, it was like Miss Piggy had a late night show. Oh, no. Yeah. And by the way, to get canceled in this day and age, have you seen what's on television? Who cancels Muppets? Oh, who cancels anything? I know. Scrolling through during these pandemic times, I mean, the amount of content that is out there, I can't imagine so many saying no. True, but if you watch the watched any of the RNC this week, you would learn that everything is canceled and that cancel culture is alive and well. I see what you did there. You like that? Yeah, you loop that around in a very political way. You're welcome. We don't talk politics here, but if we did, (laughs) we would say stay woke. One (laughs) hundred. One hundred. I've been using that emoji more because it's funny to me. Mm. Uh, Because that's what the kids use. Um, I have news for you. I saw a headline today that they're making a sequel to The Babysitter. Oh, they are? Okay. Yeah. So what, uh, what I didn't unfinished read business do we think we have? I don't. Well, she's Samara Weaving survived, right? I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure she like drove off into the sun, sunset. She like was in a car in a living room. She was. Or a car was on top of her. I, uh, yeah, I, 
I, I don't it's know. Right, I saw that suspension of disbelief. She's fine and still beautiful. I saw a headline <laughs> today and I was like, how perfect. I can bring this up. And then I didn't read any more information. Anybody else in the Fender Bender is going to walk around with a cane for three months. But okay. Samira, we lived through all of that. <laughs> super into it. I mean, her uncle was a fairy in Lord of the Rings and he was uh, um, Mr. Anderson in um, The Matrix. Okay. And like, he's a superhero. So I would assume that she is also a superhero. Yeah. He's also the Red Skull in Captain America. Hugo Weaving. I'm a big fan of his, actually. Anyway. I'm new to him, but his work sounds great. <laughs> I like him a lot. They're Australian. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, any any other news? No other news. Yeah. You want to wanna kick us off with uh, our second episode? This is part two of Werewolves. Werewolves. <laughs> Which, Part two, everybody, you stuck around, and here we is. Here we are, uh, and if you if you remember from last time, the word werewolf comes from the old English word werewolf. Mm-hmm. Okay, when we last left, we were giving <laughs> you a uh, history of um, the basically the werewolf lore and talked about mostly a lot of the crazy things that happened during. Medieval times. Um, <laughs> I won't do it. I, I know. Some people uh, wonder, like, how do I become a werewolf? Like, how can it happen? And there are medical conditions that are attached to werewolvery. Oh. Uh, so, like a pre-existing condition? Perhaps, kind of yeah. Up for it? Okay. Yeah. I remember watching, like, um, an old inside edition or something like that about a kid who had like the one of these conditions where you just grow a ton of hair and this poor kid like basically lived like in darkness and just like never left their home sounds like torture they were british so sure oh british or torture (laughs) yeah let's play the game we could have like trotted him out once in a while you know fresh air seriously no you stay there all that hair (laughs) It's just constantly cutting and it just grows right back. Mm-hmm. Uh, one such boy uh, in, was named Peter the Wild Boy. In 1725, he was found wandering naked on all fours through a German forest. Many thought he was a werewolf or possibly raised by wolves. Ooh, cool. Like a little Tarzan of the wolves. Yeah, a little Mo- Mowgli, uh, I think. I don't know. Mowgli was from a, the Jungle Book. Okay. He's the kid who's raised by the jungle animals. Mm-hmm. We're just the big bear, Baloo, because bears are in the jungle. Um, they're not. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, he ate with his hands and he couldn't speak. So this Sounds is, like you on Saturday morning. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you just, for some reason, your little sheepishness <laughs> was very cute. All right, keep going. I just, I don't want to talk to people, but I need to eat. Um, So here's where things get tragic. Uh, He was adopted by the courts of King George I and II and lived out his days as a pet to the royal court. Oh. So they like, yeah, they kind of like kept him in and caged and yeah, kind of gross. It's most likely that he had a condition called pit hop Pitt Hopkins syndrome, which causes lack of speech, seizures, distinct facial features, difficulty breathing, and intellectual challenges. So my guess is that 
he was probably abandoned by his family or discarded because they didn't know what to do with him. Yeah. Somebody found him. And then they treated him as like this novelty thing. Ugh. It's very sad. That's awful. Yeah. Ugh, I'm glad we've grown out of our cruelty. Um, <laughs> this is, you're giving me life. This is just Noelle's irony hour. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yes, we are no longer cruel. All sunshine and roses here. All right. Another medical condition, uh, which is kind of what I was just talking about before this, um, is called porphyra, which is a group of mostly genetic diseases in which substances called porphyrins, porphyrins, I don't know, Uh build up in the body and then they have a negative effect on your skin and nervous system. Or nerve, like, or one of the other. Sounds painful. It does not sound good. Um, the type that affects the nervous system is also known as acute porphyra. Um, its uh, symptoms are rapid, are rapid in onset and short in duration. So, it's like little <clears throat> quick attacks. Um, they can include abdominal pain, chest pain, vomiting, confusion, constipation, fever, high blood pressure, and higher heart rate. Sounds like you. Uh, on Saturday morning. On Saturday morning. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just wanted to <laughs> this, call it back. Oh, this is a good callback. Um, <laughs> and also accurate. Um, the attacks uh, usually last for days to weeks. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah. So fortunately, mine's just for like just, two hours yeah. on Saturday morning between 10 and noon because yeah. I can't sleep past 10 a.m. Uh, anyway, um, complications also may include paralysis low blood sodium levels, and seizures. Uh, attacks can be triggered by alcohol, uh, <laughs> whoops, smoking, hormonal changes, yep, um, fasting, stress, and certain medications. If the skin's affected, uh, the person can get blisters and itching may occur with sunlight exposure. Oh, my God. So it sounds terrible. Yeah. Um, other things that... And Peter was one of those? Peter wasn't, that's, no, this is just another medical oh, condition that may be confused with you being a werewolf. Oh, I, I see. Because I see. basically what happens is, sorry, my phone keeps buzzing. Let me just slide it over here. Um, <laughs> no, put it under a pillow. I'm very popular. <laughs> um, so. That or we should like look at our phones and heed the warning of national crisis. <laughs> I'm sure everything's fine. Sure. Uh, we're living in. We walked out. Everyone's raptured. <laughs> We were in the bunker. What's happened? Um, it's fine because we have like a supply of vitamin water and mm-hmm. uh, lots of coffee filters. So I feel like we can filter our pee when we have to. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a thing that. that they do, I think. Sure. That got weird. Uh, so basically <laughs> what this does is I think because the the attacks are so rapid, it causes pers- people to kind of convulse and like – convulse and like act strange and so they confused that with being a werewolf yeah because of their like rigid movements and quick you know, like i don't know i think that like people are still susceptible to this uh maybe like eight years ago when the first bath salt thing yeah. happened in florida and the guy like literally went like fucking superhuman strength that he ate had a guy's a, face ate off. a guy's face off people had a hard time Believing it was just drugs, or mm-hmm. believing it was just some sort of weird, like medical yeah. condition brought upon 
by really crazy drugs. So I, I mean, we're still susceptible. I mean, we, you know, we 100 uh, percent oftentimes make things that can be fairly easily medically explained into mm-hmm. demons or wolves or vampires or, you know, whatever it is. Like we, we, we still have it in our zombies. Zombie. Yeah. Everybody was comparing it to a zombie yeah. outbreak. And yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, some other, some other things that can lead people to believe that you may be a werewolf food poisoning. So watch what you eat. Food poisoning, huh? Yeah. I don't know why, but huh. Um, maybe because you're running so quickly to the bathroom. <laughs> Look at how fast they're moving. Just like a wolf. Um, <laughs> this is the most common, which is, this is the one that I was talking about before with that boy from, I think he was from London. Um, hypertrichosis is a hereditary condition that manifest manifests itself into excessive hair growth. Wow. So, um, and this, from my understanding, this condition uh, does not is not biased towards male or female. Like anybody can have it, um, and it's hair growth anywhere. It's like the cousin it thing. Yeah, exactly. So you'll see these people where they just have like big heads of hair and fa- lots of facial wow. hair, and yeah, it's unfortunate. And I, th- I, I don't want to speculate because I don't know for sure about this. So I'll just leave that alone. Um, of course, if you take some any type of hallucinogenic herb, <laughs> okay. that may cause people to think that you are a werewolf. Yeah, I think the onus is on truly everybody else when it comes down <laughs> to are you or are you not a werewolf? I mean, I think the first question... I imagine all these people are going, no, stop trying to silver bullet me. <laughs> I think the first question you should ask if you think someone is a werewolf is, have you taken any hallucinogenic herbs? Yeah. It's just like a call center. Turn the computer right. off and then turn it on. What have you ingested today? Mm-hmm. Any drugs? Also, I just realized by saying silver bullet just now, which is the way to kill a werewolf, I have missed a very obvious tie-in for my sponsor, Coors Light. Oh, Coors Light tastes like yellow water and kills werewolves. Silver, you, bullet. silver bullet. So good. Uh, we're going to get to the silver bullet stuff yeah, well. in a bit. Um, another unfortunate thing that used to be confused for uh, being a werewolf is Down syndrome. Oh. Yeah, back in the day mm-hmm. when people didn't know better or they didn't understand. And of what, course, what day was that? Um, I think that was actually two Tuesdays ago. Got it. We've gotten better. <laughs> We've gotten so much better. Uh, and of course, rabies. Yeah. I mean, rabies I can really, really see. Yeah. Mostly because you often get bit by a dog or a raccoon or a bat, something, yeah. something animalistic. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's a disease that spreads and you end up, uh, you know, it goes, it goes uh, animal to human. Right. And then you end up like frothing and seizing. And Do you know anybody who's had it? Uh, rabies proper? Yeah. No. Rabies proper. Well, no, because it's, it's illegal. I mean, the, the, right. You, I mean, you have to go in immediately yeah, to get inoculated. You, yeah, you have to get inoculated, and it's intense. Yeah. I did read a book um, about rabies, um, and now I can't remember what it's called. But it, <laughs> why did I do that? But anyway, uh, it had a lot of information about rabies and how painful it is and, like, how how really awful it is. So I see that. I can see somebody look at uh, a person being bit by an animal and, and then seeing that transformation. Yeah. 
we were when we were growing up, we were so afraid of rabies because sure, um, and we had you lived off of all that land. We had well, we had a lot of bats yeah. at night, and there were we there were animals that we knew of that had caught it, mm-hmm. and so probably from a bat or a rat or something, it because it transfers so easily, yep. like you said. Um, so it was a legitimate fear growing up as kids, like you have to stay away and you have to know the warning signs of it. So I I don't know anybody that actually contracted it. Um, but, and I don't know how legitimate the fear actually was. Like, I think it's pretty legitimate. I mean, if you can avoid it, avoid it. I'll give you a little PSA here. Um, cemeteries and golf courses are filled with, um, bats and raccoons that have rabies. So be very, very cautious of those animals. Um, they have a tendency to hang out in those areas in towns and cities because they're the closest thing to like a forest preserve or a natural park. So don't be deceived just because there's, uh, you know, it's a golf course that there are, uh, uh, bats hanging out with rabies. It's also a a lot of wide open space with a lot, not a lot of trees because bats don't see very well. Also, it's because vampires love to golf. Yeah, that is also true. (laughs) Uh, but one other thing I want to say, if you see a bat during the day, that bat is incredibly sick and you want to stay away from it. Um, you don't want to help it. You don't want to take it into your home. You don't want to nurse it back to health. They are nocturnal. And if you see one like laying around in the grass or uh, confused during the day, um, go away. It's not for you. Thanks, Jay. You're welcome. Very helpful. <laughs> uh, I love bats. They're very helpful and very useful. We need them. So do not be afraid of them. Not a fan. I'm afraid. I love bats. Your, can, your persuasion starts with me. <laughs> just stay away from them i think they're really, i think they're super cool um if you ever go to austin check out the bat bridge on congress at dusk all the bats fly out Horrifying. from under the bridge still haven't seen it but i know where the bridge is yeah you can just follow all the people they're all hanging out there okay here's how you know yeah. if you or your friend or loved one is a werewolf great well, these are some characteristics. Now, the transformation may be permanent or temporary, depending on the lore, the situation. Um, if you're Oz from Buffy, you go to study with uh, some Buddhist monk and uh, meditated away. What? That's what Oz did. Oh. He, uh, I think that. I thought that was a good show. Wasn't that supposed to be a good show? Huh? Buffy. I was an watcher. Oh, I thought. What? I mean, I watched uh, you. you. <laughs> Sorry, we're gonna have a. We're you shared a it with me later, so I watched like. Uh huh. Yeah, I think I didn't realize that that part of it might have. No, that was in Buffy. It was I in Buffy and Angel. It was a. Cro- Sorry, it's, it's okay. Um, it was a it was a crossover Buffy Angel thing, but he yeah he went and figured out a way to meditate, and actually that's uh that belief with the werewolf lore is um kind of a. I don't want to say common, but the meditation part and being able to like calm yourself and calm. It's kind of like the Hulk to like calming that inner beast. So um, it's, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Okay. So here's what happens to you. The werewolf or the were animal um, inside the person metamorphoses. So it might be um, the double of the person so that means that like the body just like transforms from the real person into um 
into the wolf. Okay, so that's a standard one, I feel That's like the I standard one. Now, some p- people believe that it actually doesn't change. They don't metamorphose. metamorphose. So it's actually just that, like, the activity changes. So we oh. had talked about, um, um, well, this kind of goes back to uh, uh, Peter Stube. Okay. Where, like, nobody ever saw him transform, but they believed that he was acting as a werewolf because of the way he was attacking people. Oh, right, 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 And right, right, I, right. I can't remember. I'm blanking on his name right now, but we had talked about that British man a while ago who was also, like, considered to be the werewolf yeah. of London or, yeah. or his where, wherever he was from. Um, because he would have these moments of rage and he would just yeah. attack people. So that's another thing. So a, rage is a big part of it. Um, some people believe it might be like your soul coming out oh. and attacking, which goes out and seeks, who, you know, whoever it's going to devour, um, but leaves the body. So the soul leaves the body in a trance state. So the soul goes out. Um, I have no idea like which way it exits. Yeah, sure. Um, something I like, I honestly, I love your questioning mind on that. That is amazing. Well, I think most people just hear that. It's, but by the way, it's so on its face insane that a soul would even just leave. To me, though, this is why you're a good, like, ghost investigator. Because you're going to go ahead and take that and then be like, does it leave through an orifice? Or does it just, like, <laughs> does it, like, through osmosis? Is it, like, a gas leak from, from your actual right. body? And does it become, like, like vapor? These things I would never consider. This is why people like you better than me. Because I'm like, uh-huh. That's not true. <laughs> you what but, happens? But thank you for saying that. But that's not true. <laughs> well, it's because, like... So, like, if you watch the show Supernatural, when a demon or an angel possesses a person, they enter and exit through their mouths. I see. And, like, if you watch a movie like um, American Werewolf in, or actually The Howling is a better example, uh, when the wolf comes out, it, like, basically rips the skin off of the person. But it's always, like, you're always seeing it coming out through, like, their mouth. Which I think is a really, I think it's interesting. It's probably because your mouth is your biggest orifice. Mm-hmm. And so it makes the most sense. It's what where you ingest everything. And well, I think also even too from like a, um, like a sort of physiological, philosophical sense. It's like you breathe in and out from yeah. there. So it seems as though like if you're like gasping for air or if you're rasping, there's something, mm-hmm. there's something, there's a metaphor there for sure of like your life's breath comes in and out through your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. It would be very like weird that. if it happened like right through the genitals. You'd be like, what? Right. But then you see like, you know, like this is a really bad example, but remember like in the old uh, Disney cartoons or Looney Tunes cartoons, whenever everybody, whenever somebody would get clocked out, I just watched who framed Roger rabbit. Oh, okay. And like at the end when the weasels are dying, <laughs> I have no idea. And Really? Uh, I'm sorry. How don't you remember this? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a foreign exchange student from the Planet Beta I'm, 9. I'm, I have. I just. The only reason I know this is because I watched it recently. Okay. Uh, they get they get killed and then they fall over and then their soul or their spirit just rises up from their body. Oh, okay. Um, and like that's like an old cartoon bit where you like see the the spirit rise up. So that's where like my media soaked brain is just like crazy with this stuff. Uh, so that's why I'm like, well, which way does it come out? <laughs> it's a good follow up. Um, 
You should, get a, you should get a job on Axios and just ask follow-up questions. <laughs> Where's it coming from? <laughs> um, <laughs> eh, I didn't eh, expect to answer. Eh, what? Oh, man. If I could work with Jonathan Swan, that would be oh, a dream. Um, what a dream. What I'd is, just be like, talk to what me. What a dream catcher. I'm just going to look at you and you're just going to say words. His little shoes. <laughs> so cute. He's so cute. He's just adorable. Anyway. Okay. Another, another way that it could manifest itself uh, would be um, as of a messenger of the human being. So like a real animal or a familiar spirit. So those of you who um, are familiar with Harry Potter, that would be like kind of like a Patronus in a way. Is it? I think so. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm giving you gold. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I only know the Patronus for when, like, it defended Harry Potter from Voldemort. But I think that's kind of, that's the point. Like, that's oh. the thing where it's, like, some like a familiar. So it's, like, something that has an intimate connection with you. But he just conjures it. It's his imagination. He does. Well, or did I read that wrong? No, he, like, conjures it with, through magic. Basically. Right, okay. But it's got to be, like, a very, like. He has to like, feel it. He's got to feel it. And I think that's kind of what the this is about. Oh, I see. I thought you meant a literal, like, no. hamster coming to your rest. I th- well, it does say, it's a, so this says a real animal or a familiar spirit. Oh, I see. Okay. Whose intimate connection with its owner is shown by the fact that any injury to it is believed by a phenomenon known as repercussion to cause a corresponding injury to the human being. So, um, yeah. I don't, I, I'm not totally sure what that means, but I, that's kind of how I interpret it. Sure. So did his Patronus get hurt in Harry Potter? No. Okay. I think it just kind of dissipates, right? I don't know. I was just thinking about like if repercussions, <clears throat> if we got to see that play out in Harry Potter. It's been a while. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's not a good example. No, I mean, it could I don't be, know. I don't um, but it could be a real animal too. It could be like a familiar where like um, there, there are like monsters there's some monster lore out there that has like the well harry potter has they have familiars too kind yeah. of like their mm-hmm. their animals so this would be like his owl got it yeah um so okay how do you become a werewolf glad you asked i'm gonna tell you uh patience and a little elbow grease yeah a little work ethic desire just straighten up work hard and you'll be a werewolf too <laughs> I hope. I don't know. That's a lot of raw meat. Um, does it have to be raw? I don't. I feel like it does. Uh, but what maybe about medium not? rare, just a little uh, sear. I like medium rare. Just a little, me too. Just a little. Yeah, just a little char in it. It sounds nice. In her book, Giants, Monsters, and Dragons, folklorist Carol Rose notes that in ancient Greece, it was believed that a person could be transformed by eating the meat of a wolf. That had been mixed with that of a human and that the condition was irreversible. Okay, bearing the lead, why are they eating humans? And why, if you get your hands on a nice human, are you mixing it up with wolf meat? Well, the like, gamey. I feel like it'd be gamey. And so this is in ancient Greece. So they were barbarians. Well, right. So it's like, did they die of leprosy? Did they Ugh. like because you don't want to eat that meat? That's no. spoiled. You'd have to like eat the meat of a young virgin. Yeah. I mean I think I'm assuming like they were sacrificing sure. to like some God and then they're like, well, now we just have a body. Like, so we just eat. like flay it up. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't Ran know. out of wolf meat and just went. Well, they have to mix them. Yeah. yeah. If they want it. I don't know. 
the simplest form to become a werewolf for those of you who are interested would be to remove your clothes. Great. <laughs> Is that really other? there? Put on a wolf skin belt as a substitute for your entire skin. And ta-da! Hey! You're a wolf. That is temporary, I think. Um, another way is your body is rubbed with a magic salve. I don't know. Uh, uh, some people um, used to believe that if you drank rainwater out of a wolf's fo- footprint, you could become... A werewolf. See, that seems like a doable situation. It does, but when you think about it, uh, a wolf's footprint is not very large. Because they're like they're like a big dog. They're not even a big dog. They're like a medium to large dog. Oh, really? I've never seen a wolf in real life. They're not like. I mean, there's me. It looks like they're supposed to be big, but I think I've only seen them like yeah in photographs. I they're they're not huge, so I think like they're. Their footprints. Oh, you know what? I have super. They're at the Lincoln Park Zoo. They're in the children's. They do. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not very big. Yeah, you're right. So that footprint. So you really got to like get down there with a straw, which you can't use anymore. So um, you got to lap it up and hope that it's a wolf's footprint because if it's not, then I mean, I would hope you would know the difference between a wolf and a deer. Yeah. One has hooves. Because, as we described last time, nobody wants that zombie deer disease. Right? Yeah. Poor deers. Uh, In other cases, the transformation was supposedly accomplished by satanic allegiance. um, Often for the sake of uh, craving craving of human flesh. What is it? So, if people were craving human flesh they would uh turn to satanism basically and then that would be how that's bizarre yeah it's a weird that's a weird one i like it though yeah it seems to have like uh, a very strange objective that leads to an even stranger outcome yeah that's from like that idea is from um a piece called the werewolves by a man named Richard Verstegen, which is part of a book or a collection called The Restitution of Decayed Intelligence that was written in 1628. Oh, man. So w- what he says, actually, um, there's a little bit more, is that the werewolves are certain sorcerers who have anointed their bodies with an ointment, which make which they make by the instinct of the devil, and putting on a certain... in. Sorry, this is written in Old English, so some of the words are... I apologize. Putting on a certain enchanted girdle, remember, we're going back yep. to the girdle, does not only uh, unto the view of others seem as wolves, but to their own thinking have both the shape and nature of wolves so long as they wear the said girdle. And they do dispose themselves as very wolves in worrying and killing and most of human creatures. So, again, this is, like, we talked about this last time. It's the girdle. It's, like, doing magics with it. Huh. And then they uh, <clears throat> dispose of humans as they see fit. So it feels kind of like there's some spitefulness in there, too. Yeah. Like, they're, they're targeting certain people. Uh, another way that you could become a werewolf, of course, is by being cursed. <laughs> Don't piss people off. The yeah. End. Remember that lady at the grocery store earlier? Uh, yeah. Yeah. She looked at me and said, thinner. 
<laughs> and I was like, thank you. Is she a werewolf or are you a werewolf? I don't know. I'm just hoping I become thinner. Yeah. I'm hoping she stops talking to strangers. Because honestly, if she weren't so old, I would have been like underneath my mask and very muted language. I would have said, fuck right off. But <laughs> <laughs> Instead, she saw my sparkly brown eyes and thought I was pleasant. She's fine. She's fine. <laughs> you get a pass. <laughs> and of course, the 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 one that we know the most probably from movies and literature is being scratched or bitten by a werewolf. Yeah, that's the one. That's the most common. Um, now, although Teen Wolf, it was a hereditary deal. It was. I don't think made your list. Um, it just runs in the family. <laughs> it didn't actually. <laughs> Good old Teen Wolf. I've been, we've been watching um, a lot of. 80s and 90s movies, which is why we watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit, because I've been showing them to my daughter and forcing her to watch these old movies, which she calls old movies. Yeah. I call they're old movies. Um, <laughs> and I was like, do we do Teen Wolf? And first of all, there's a lot of, like, she's young, so it's probably, like, the sexual innuendo stuff, because it's teenagers, might be too much. Secondly, there's definitely not, Yeah, it's not okay. Yeah. The end. So we won't. But I still love you, Michael J. Fox. Uh, of course, everybody knows that when the moon is full, it brings out the beasts in many humans. But this is also a thing that can turn those that are werewolf into werewolf. <laughs> but that's not believed by everyone. Some people believe, like, a lot of, like, these old, um, these old myths and these old stories believe that you're either like you can kind of transform on your own what at like oh so it's not a lunar situation it's not a lunar situation uh the lunar thing became more um part of like fiction like once yeah. people started writing about it I it became say, like a sexy idea i wouldn't be surprised uh, a lot of this stuff gets filled in later and a lot of it just gets filled in by what we see. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, going way back in time to the bedsheet ghost, there's truly no reason why anybody should think of ghosts as uh, the kinds of things that wear bedsheet. Right. And I would imagine as you look through the course of uh, the last 600 years of where, actually more than that, because we went back to the ancient Greeks, but I was thinking about like where you were with like 1400s in Germany. Right. At the height of the craze that they probably didn't think of all the things that we now think because they didn't have the same like entertainment or they didn't have the yeah. same motifs. They, it's possible they didn't even associate hair with it. Mm -hmm. um, well, and like we talked about the wolf um, in Scandinavian culture and in Asian culture in native American culture was such a powerful figure and it showed dominance um, in every place, but in basically the Anglo-Saxon world, which I think is fascinating mm -hmm. Um, where they were more terrified of it and they saw it as a negative thing and they kind of, they associated it with witches. And, you know, this kind of goes back to like what I had brought up last time was the wolves, you know, were thought to be like doing the witch's bidding where it's always, like, you know, the, the, the Europeans kind of classified the wolves as almost like second class citizens in a way and where everyone else revered them. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll jump in here for a second. I mean, I've, I've done, this is Noelle's episode, so I've done no research, but I will say this makes a lot of sense to me mm -hmm. in that, um, in the time frame that we're talking about, 1300, 1400, 1500s, we're talking about a time when, 
especially in Europe, there's the domestication of animal, there's villages, there's farms. Um, You don't want wolves taking your livestock. You don't want them taking your horses or your cattle or your chickens. Um, It's a different kind of relationship when man is butting up against nature Mm -hmm. as a competitor, let's say. Um, Of course, like in the Americas, you see at at the same time frame, one would see a wolf in accepted, understanding dominance. Right. Like it just it, in terms of like where people were in terms of like hunter and gathering and right. and um, uh, village, that kind of thing. I suppose, though, because our Native Americans had so many different styles um, mm-hmm. that probably like a, a settlement um, would have had the same kind of push pull with wolves. I wonder if there are Native Americans that have the, the legend of the werewolf. Uh, where they don't revere the wolf, where they're like, this is a bad thing. Yeah, way. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I didn't look into that. I should have. No, um, I'm just Because, on. no, it's a really, no, no, no. I, I think that's a, that's totally fair and a good point. And I'm sure that it's out there somewhere. Um, I'll find out. Here's a fun fact for you. Uh, acute behavior incidents at hospitals from August 2008 to July 2009 Um there, during that time, 23% happened during a full moon, according to History.com. So 23%, that was worded really funny, 23% of acute behavior incidents in, at hospitals from uh, August 2008 to July 2009 <laughs> happened during a full moon. Okay. So 11 fifth, months. a fifth of like, um, would this be like psychiatric episodes leading to institutionalization? Yeah. I don't think that that actually led to institutionalization, but like okay. people were acting a little wacky oh, okay. uh, in hospitals. Um, in oh, those so they were already there. Months. Yeah, but this is like I don't. Uh, I think this is just like a medical hospital, like a regular hospital. Oh, okay. And people just got a little like you know acute behavior, so they could have like gotten upset about something, or maybe you know something went wrong with one of their the machines they were hooked up to like the, and that caused them that triggered something. I don't know. Uh, but I th- thought that was an interesting statistic. Yeah. Um, so if you were to uh, be affected by a wolf uh, and you want to get rid of it, here are some things you can do. Okay. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. They're well, not all successful. Light a candle, send a prayer. Uh, wolf Spain is said to um, be a remedy. It's delicious. Is it? I've, I don't know that I've had it. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. So if you can find it, Wolf Spain. Yeah. Uh, you. It, I don't know. Is it an herb? I believe so. Okay. Uh, apparently, you can. The wolf can be surgically removed. I'm not totally sure what that means. <laughs> like, do they take out your incisors? I. I don't know. Uh, exorcism, of course, is a popular one. Great. Now. <laughs> Many methods have proved to be fatal. Often the victim was struck on the forehead oh or scalp with a knife. Shit. Uh, sometimes um, you, they would pierce their hands with nails. Oh, my God. So I would say, like, if you become a werewolf, just accept it. Um, yeah, or move to a city. <laughs> like, get a job at a drag club. Like, do something other than hang out with people that are going to... Well, just crucify get a, you just, on a on a moony night, right? Oh my get a day job where you can lock yourself indoors at nighttime. The end. 
Um, in the German town of Schleswig-Holstein, uh, they said that you could be cured by saying the person's Christian name three times. You could also... That just seems so annoying. I mean, meaning, like, after all the bedlam and someone just comes to you and they whisper of Ozzy, like, just, just click your shoes together just and say it's no place I come. And you're like, are you fucking kidding me? Ludwig, Ludwig, Ludwig. Yeah. You're better. We could have been doing that this whole time. You can also manifest the Candyman by saying his name three times. Right? And Bloody Mary. <laughs> yeah. But wait, <laughs> I will say this. This is true. And Noelle, you know this. Every time I meet somebody, I say their name three times just to banish them. <laughs> they think my name's Denise. I'm like, Denise, Denise, Denise. You're still here? <laughs> I bind you, Denise, from doing harm to yourself and others. <laughs> oh, Denise. Um, Danes believe merely scolding the werewolf will cure the person. The Danish are special. You guys are they adorable. Are the best. They walk up to the beast and they say, no. You stop. Enough. Get out. Okay. I can't do a dog being like. I don't know what a Danish accent sounds like. I just know that I love it every time I hear it. Yeah. They're the best. Um, they are the best. They are the best. Uh, conversion here. Here's an old popular one. <laughs> the Mike Pence School of Werewolfing. Conversion to Christianity is also a cure. Right. Namely, well, I have I have a bit of a tie to this one. Namely, giving a devotion to St. Hubert, the German saint, St. Oh. Hubert, would cure and protect uh, from lycanthropy. So St. Hubert, I'm going to give a quick story. Uh, my hometown is named after St. Hubert, who is the German saint of hunters, the patron saint of hunters. Uh, so fun fact about German. Well, let me tell you the story really quick. So St. Hubert uh, was hunting, and one day he saw a deer with the biggest rack he'd ever seen. Now, for hunters, that means that's a big deal. Um, oh, it's a, like a 16-point buck, which is unheard of. You don't, Nobody gets a 16-point buck. That means how many points the, the deer rack has in it. Anyway, uh, he saw this deer in the distance with the biggest rack he'd ever seen. Again, not boobs. This is like the rack of horns on its head. If you guys um, could only see the object work, it <laughs> went from the boobs up to holding the arms. Yep, that looks great. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> in between the rack was a cross, and he approached the deer. This is a story I was told as a child, because uh, the church I went to and the school I went to was St. Hubert's. Mm. Um, the, the deer spoke the good news to him. The good news being the story of Christ. The gospel. The gospel. So then at that moment, St. Hubert committed his life to telling the good news and became a, a, a saint after, like was canonized a saint after. So he like spread the word. I don't remember like his time period. But hold on. This is amazing. Yeah. This is an old German saint lore where a deer's like spoke, like let's say it was a miracle. So, and because they consider that a miracle, that's yeah. why he was canonized a saint. Because you have to oh witness God, a, miracle yeah, to be a miracle to become a saint. So the deer spoke like perfect German, yeah, and did yeah. the whole like. This is a reading from the Book of John. I I think I think the deer was probably like, hey, um, <laughs> I'm a deer and I'm talking to you, and so I guess it's already a miracle. I'm going to tell you one. to put down that bow because he hunt he hunted with a bow and arrow. Uh, you put down that bow and you tell everybody about Jesus. 
I think this is enough because I'm talking to you. It's sort of like the story of uh, Saul Paul. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Put the mud in his eyes and then he can see again. Um, yeah. Yeah, so see. I just had no idea that anybody had talked to a deer and, re- and achieved sainthood. That's amazing. This dude did. I have a tattoo do, in reference of. Because my grandpa was a deer, was a, a hunter, and like you know, it's kind of like my symbol of home. Uh, but I don't have the cross there. You don't. Um, but if, in case you're like this symbol sounds super familiar, you're right because it's also the logo for Jägermeister, which in German is like hunter master, right? I'm not sure. Master hunter, master hunter, master hunter, master right. hunter. Uh, so the the Jägermeister symbol. Which I remember seeing it as a, like, when, yeah. you know, however old I was. I was like, wait a minute, that's St. Hubert. So there you go. Uh, I went to college in Wisconsin. We did so many Jaeger shots Ugh. over the course of those years. Ugh. They are so disgusting. I can't. So disgusting. You think, I think everyone told me, maybe for the four years I was there, that I would get used to it. Every single time it was like tasting something. Yeah. Like cough syrup meets licorice meets like. It's got that strong anise flavor, yeah. which I don't like. And that's Either. a very acquired taste. And it coats your throat. Like I understand its efficacy. Listen. Yeah. In a, on a cold winter night when you're hunting. Well, it, it makes sense. It'll keep you warm. But like, why? It's, yeah, it's, it's supposed to be a liqueur and it's supposed to be like meant for like, it's, it's like a, a schnapps where it's supposed to like help settle your stomach uh, which is the the whole idea of schnapps is like to have this like after dinner drink to just kind of help sure. things digest. It's a digestive. Uh, Jägermeister just like sits in my stomach. Like it just feels gross. I can't. I yeah, won't. I have no idea. I mean, like, if we ever meet, I will never drink Jägermeister with you. No. The uh, I mean, I may. It depends yeah, on how that smile. It face. depends on how far in I am. But I won't. Okay. <laughs> Just ask three times. So if you, so if you're really, if if you're really into, so if I become a, 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 a werewolf, I for surely will give devotion to Saint Hubert. I already have, like, I put his fucking thing on my shoulder, um, <laughs> uh, and of course, like you had mentioned earlier, um, another remedy would be from silver or a silver bullet, but that is known to kill the person and the werewolf. Um, now, interestingly about the silver and the silver bullet is that the idea of that uh, didn't actually come until 1897 from our friend, Mr. Bram Stoker. Mm-hmm. So uh, Bram Stoker uh, created a lot of werewolf lore that people probably aren't aware of because he's associated with Dracula. So um, in Dracula... Uh, one of the when um, Jonathan Harker is coming into Transylvania. Um, oh no, I'm sorry. This is later on. I apologize. So what happens is a band of military horsemen are coming to the aid of Jonathan Harker to chase off Dracula. Um, they. <laughs> I was just laughing at something else. Were you with me? Is it a show or something where instead of calling vampires vampires, somebody just calls them Draculas, and that's it? Oh, I don't know, but I love that. I don't know if like we were hanging when I somebody was just like all the Draculas and then the Draculas and we're like, do you mean vampires? 
Oh, that's funny. I hope that. Yeah, there's got to be. There's, I, can't, I can't remember. That, that sounds familiar. I love that. I just love the idea of just calling all of them Draculas. I love that. So this is, I'm sorry. And this is from the book, Dracula's Guest and uh, the Sacred Bullet. Or the Sacred Bullet is like a part of the story. So, um, or it's a short story. God, I am, you're, I'm sorry, everybody. Okay. Never apologize for Let me a fabulous person. Start over. So, a band of military horsemen coming to the aid of the protagonist chase off Dracula, who is depicted as a great wolf stating the only way to kill it. So they, the horsemen say the only way to kill it is by using the sacred bullet. So um, in Drac, in Bram Stoker's Dracula world, Dracula can transform into pretty much anything. He can transform into a bat, into mist, into a wolf. Uh, so he, yeah, he is kind of like the coolest monster ever, which is why I love that book so stinking much. Um, it's also mentioned in Bram Stoker's Dracula as well. Um, Count Dracula states that le- the legends of werewolves originated from the uh, Szeskali racial bloodline, which is a Romanian family um, who himself is, he's also like I just said, is uh, depicted in the, the ability to shape into a wolf. So the, the, the idea of the sacred bullet, which was then, then evolved into the silver bullet, Started hmm. with Bram Stoker. Interesting. Yeah. Um, just a, like I've mentioned a bunch of places where there, uh, you can find werewolves um, or werewolf stories. But uh, here are some others that you may or may not be aware of. Werewolf in London is a 1935 picture. <laughs> um, of course, my favorite Wolfman is The Wolfman from 1941, starring one Mr. Lon Chaney Jr., um, his son picked that up after he passed away and he, uh, worked with, um, Bella Lugosi and, um, oh shoot, I'm blanking on Frankenstein's name, Boris Karloff. He worked with them after his father passed. So the Cheneys continued on and, uh, it was pretty cool. Um, and then one went on to be vice president. Nope. Nope. Different Cheney? Different Cheney. Oh, this is with an A. Oh, got it. Or as Chris Matthews would say, it's Cheney. You know, it's Cheney, right? Everybody pronounces it wrong. It's Cheney. Why, ah. why is he off the air? Oh, Chris <laughs> Matthews here. I hope he's well. I hope he's well too, but you know, Nicole Wells now has two hours. Joy Reed's got a show. It's, it's awesome. It's lady time. Um, <laughs> ladies are stepping up. I've already talked to you about American Werewolf in London and The Howling. The Howling was based on a book or um if, if you're into horror movies, uh, check out, like, the backstories of American Werewolf in London and The Howling. It's kind of an interesting rivalry. You know, like, we've seen that before. Like, we, like we see that now where, like, um, there are two movies that come out that are very similar. Mm-hmm. And you're like, how did, how did they not understand that, like, this movie was coming out? And so uh, now the filmmakers have a lot of respect for each other. But at the time, it was very competitive and very... Um, it, it, it was controversial at the time because it was like mid eighties and that stuff hadn't happened that often mm-hmm. then. Uh, we talked about teen wolf. Um, Jack Nicholson played a werewolf in 1994 in the movie, the wolf. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huh. Remember that? Nope. With uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. 
No, was she in that? I'm pretty sure Michelle Pfeiffer was in that movie. Wow. Michelle Pfeiffer looks incredible these she's days. Great. And yeah. she's like having an awesome career. Like, yeah, she's doing really well. From Stephanie Zanoni yeah. to her. Um, that's who she played in Grease 2. Oh. <laughs> Just <laughs> Grease 2 is on some streaming channel, and I'm always like, oh, we should watch Grease 2. Yes. But uh, my, my daughter hasn't seen the first one yet, so, sure. but I'm like, uh, we probably need to watch Grease and then Grease 2. Hey, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say this. Watch Grease 2. Um, please know that you're in for a campy wild ride. Uh, it's so much fun. You should fast forward through charades, <laughs> though. Charades is a song that Michael sings by himself in a bunker. It's awful. Even if you're a big fan, and I'm a huge fan, you will not like it. And I don't want you to watch that and have it turn you off. That's true. Too. Grease, too. I had the biggest crush on Adrian's med. Oh, I know. When I was a kid. That's so funny. I did, too. I had the biggest crush. And then I saw Adrian's med play Danny Zuko at the Schubert Theater in Chicago. Stop it. Shut and I was down. like, oh, my God. It was the best. I think a- I was in college when somebody told me uh, that Adrian's med was, um, oh, shit. What is his name? Merv Griffin's boyfriend. They, no. Yeah, yeah. They were like, he's like his like pool boy or something. Or like his, <laughs> his red boy. And I didn't understand what that meant. And I was like, Johnny from Greece too? Giovanni? <laughs> like in my mind, for some reason, I thought like, I really thought he was like, I don't know, this like really cool. Because he was. He was so cool in Greece too. And he had like the cool hair and the Yes, swagger. yes, yes. But I thought he was like, like. Like, very masculine. Yeah. And then, like, looking back, if you watch it, you'll see that... We were so silly as we children. We were very silly. This, um, this explains why we had so many crushes on gay boys when we were yes. kids. Yes. <laughs> it's so true. Had we known. Hollywood, you've ruined us. I don't know. I'm fine with it. It was just one of those things I was like, what? You don't say. Go Marv Griffin. By the way, a little... That's a big uh, time that's, span. Well, uh, Adrian's Med was on... Um, he was on, like, a cop show... In the 70s or the early 80s. Oh, I don't know. For a long time. So he was like a big heartthrob. He, he was, was. And he was far too old to play a high schooler. I think he was like. Four. Yeah. He was. It was a, the show with, I think, William Shatner and Heather Locklear. TJ Hooker? I think he was on TJ Hooker. He was on the hooks? Yeah. Thank you. I was like, what is. what? Yeah. Um, we're not old. Where else can you see werewolves? As I mentioned, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. In uh, the 2000s, uh, Underworld. Starring one, uh, Kate, nope. Beckinsale. Beckinsale, thank you. There's so many Kates. Yeah. Um, uh, took a new twist on werewolves, and like I talked about last time, they call them lichens in that one, and they're at war with the vampires, and that's what we started to see more in, like, this, in the 20th and 21st, or in the 21st century, was um, this battle between werewolves and vampires again. So we see it in, in, in Underworld. And again, in Underworld, they're treated more like beasts. Mm. And the vampires are like more royalty and they have, um, they, they're more sophisticated and, and the lichens are kind of more snivelly and mm. uh, a little more uh, rabid, I would say. Um, True Blood... It's more in, in True Blood. They're more like oh, Native American. Yeah, they're more like, uh, and I think similar to like what you had said with um, Twilight. Uh, it's more of like a tribal. I no, because because Jason becomes a were panther, right? <laughs> and it's mostly like the white people who are like 
The, well, they're the Panthers are yeah they're like kind of like the, I don't want to say it that way but you know what I mean like they're like living in the sticks yeah they're, that girl they're like, like the, in the swamp yeah they're kind of like the underprivileged yeah. um, like the hill people basically yeah. yes you're right but then the werewolves are more of like the tribal ones oh that hot guy's the werewolf yeah what's his name Joe something not yeah he's married to. What's her face? We're just killing this. So good at this. <laughs> One time a ghost went somewhere with someone. Oh, man. We got to get through this. <laughs> the woman from Modern Family. Oh, yeah, 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 that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Joe Montanic, Montan- I don't know. My daughter and I just watched a Netflix movie with him called The Sleepover, which is a fun family movie. Mm. It was fun. Ken Marino's in it. I adore him. Uh, he plays the same person in everything he's in, but he's funny every time. Uh, I said Twilight and more. Werewolf movies all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Check them out. Now, you're probably wondering, are werewolves still around today? Can I find them in modern day? I was wondering that. The answer is yes, Jay. Oh, good. Uh, I'm going to put out a disclaimer here. Some werewolf sightings may be mistaken for Bigfoot sightings. Okay. So, uh, because because werewolves walk on their hind legs, or as we like to call them, upright canines. Mm -hmm. And Bigfoot, obviously, is a a two-foot walking beast. But Bigfoot, way bigger. Okay. So, in uh, Delavan, Wisconsin, which is near where I grew up, there is the Bray Road Beast. On October 31st, 1999... Uh, a, a fine lady by the name of Doristine Gibson struck something while traveling on Bray Road. While she searched for the animal, she saw a large hairy beast racing toward her. She got in her car, drove away, and barely escaped. In 1989, Lorraine Andrezi reported that she saw a beast uh, running down the side of the road with fangs, gray-brown hair, and pointed ears. That same year, Scott Bray whose uh, family the street is named after, uh, reported seeing a strange dog on his property near Bray Road. Uh, Russell Guest reported spotting a beast emerge and stand on its hind legs. Um, It goes on and on. So people report seeing this beast. So it's become like this this mythos about the Bray Road beast. Um, The story was picked up and produced in book form by our friend, Linda Godfrey. Hello. (laughs) Hello. And she wrote the book, self-published, no doubt. Uh, the book, the I'm sorry, we should be nice. She's a nice lady. Very nice. Uh, the Beast of Bray Road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Linda, Linda Godfrey has uh, written, like, all of those, like, weird Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Like, she writes weird Michigan. Like, so if you're looking for, like, bizarre stories about, like, uh, like on a local level, she is involved in those. Super duper fun stories. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. Uh, in Scotland... There have been a couple of sightings. There were two sightings in the 1950s of a hairy man with a wolf's head. <laughs> oh, Prince Andrew. That's a quote. <laughs> He's just a wee babe. <laughs> uh, in 1967 in Oban, Scotland, a man driving down a roadway saw a wolfman traveling across a road in another direction. I don't know if the wolfman was driving in yeah, a car. Yeah, no, I mean, we don't know. 
or if it was, I don't, I'm, you I saw Team Wolf, he surfed on the top of the he van. He did, he did surf on the top of the van. And Team Wolf never had to, like, kill or eat. He just had an insatiable lust for the ladies. Yeah, I thought he only bagged that one chick. He did bag that one chick. Yeah, he was also loyal. So I don't know how insatiable his he, lust was. He, yeah, he was just hot for her. He scratched her back up really good. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, I That, yeah. Uh, in 1980s Germany, um, in Whitlich, a farmer's wife had cursed a Russian soldier after he killed her husband, making him a murderous werewolf. The villagers, this is in the 1980s, I just want to reiterate that. Uh, the villagers eventually trapped him and killed him. They set up a shrine with a lit candle and believed that as long as the candle is lit, the wolfman will not return. <laughs> I love that you're like... Like, dissing on Germany in the 1980s. Like, probably in the South, this happened yesterday. <laughs> it's just crazy. So, like, know. in 1988, a group of Air Force, Air Force personnel saw the candle was out and said that they saw a wolf-like creature at the perimeter. Uh, they said the police, the, the base police dog refused to chase it. Jesus. <laughs> I'll just light the fucking candle. Yeah. The end. Also, Sorry, pause for a drink. Also, diplomacy. Talk to it. <laughs> you don't know. He might We're have that, sure. that hair disease. Yeah. But he's more afraid like, of you than you are right. afraid of him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, in uh, Palmyra, Maine, a family claims, claims that they were stalked by a werewolf over the course of one night. The following morning, they found large wolf tracks and some that appeared to be on two feet. Uh, this was featured on Paranormal Witness in season three, if you'd like to see their story. Uh, in Defiance, Ohio, in 1972, uh, the Ohio Crescent News reported that police were on the lookout for a wolf man who had attacked three people near the train tracks. Two brakemen also reported seeing strange creature on the tracks. Ew. And then, of course, there is the Skinwalker Ranch, ranch which is in northeastern Utah. Uh, if... We should talk about the Skinwalker Ranch at some point, because uh, it's what's it called? Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker. Skinwalker Ranch, and the reason they call it that is because, um, there is a lot of paranormal activity that oh, happens cool. there. There's a lot of uh, UFO activity that allegedly happens there, oh. and people have reported to see uh, misshapen wolf-like creatures. And they attribute that to this to Navajo witchcraft, cool. and um, the Navajos call the witches skinwalkers. Oh, I see. Because they can transform. Okay. So, uh, skinwalker skinwalker ranch is really an interesting topic. Um, there's a ton of stuff out there about it. If you're interested, the the guy who owns it right now um, is a wealthy man who is interested in this kind of stuff. So he keeps bringing people out there to okay. research. So he is pretty fascinated in it, but there are some people who feel like he may be ruining it because he's bringing too many people out and he's putting too much money in, which is taking away from the land and also like uh, disturbing whatever presence presences are there. So it's kind of in the paranormal community, I would say it's a little controversial. Got it. Um, you should do a whole episode on it. I, yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, that's, it's a lot to cover because there's a lot of stuff, but that could be a lot of fun. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, but yeah, check out Skinwalker Ranch. So, and then I just have werewolves as a symbol of class, possibly racial overtones discussed, which we've kind of talked about mm-hmm. throughout. But I think, um, and, and I might be completely off base about it, but in my perception, when I, because I've watched a lot of these movies and I've read many, you know, monster books and things like that, they always kind of come off as being a little more of like a lower class citizen. And I don't know if that is intentional or if it's metaphorical in any way, but um, I just, I want them to have the credit that they deserve. <laughs> That's fascinating. I yeah. mean, I don't know a lot. I, you, you're definitely the monster effort expert mm-hmm. for sure. I would say like, at least from what I've gleaned from, uh, like a literary perspective, I think a lot of the werewolf that I've picked up on is like the id. Yeah. It's the inner animal. It's like the untamed horror of humans. It's the, like the Mr. Hyde. Yeah. Kind of, like, yeah. like a lot of that, like is sort of like, can, can you believe that a human being can be so monstrous? Right. And isn't it obvious that a human being should be so monstrous? We are, we are, we are, after all, animals. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I've gotten a lot from it. But I, I really can see. I mean, I think, especially with our zeitgeist, especially with what's going on. I mean, most things can be seen through any sort of racial lens or any sort of like feminist yeah. lens or any sort of classist lens. When we start to look at like, um, if there if there is some sort of packing order, it's certainly probably uh, we see what we see versus what we're mm-hmm. being shown. Mm-hmm. And so um, it reminds me of like, and, and you know this better than anyone, but like when you look at horror content throughout the decades, it says way more about the decades than it says about the monsters. And I think that's a really good point. And that was kind of where I was going with it. It's more about like how we produce it. Because when when you look at it on the screen or you look at it in liter- literature, like it, vampires are always usually... For the sexy, most part, they're rich. sexy, they're rich, they're smart. Yeah, you're they're attractive. Where um, we look at werewolves as being more, they're dogs mm-hmm. essentially, and that's kind of how they're treated. They live outside. They're beasts. They're you know you're they're terrifying. Where the vampire is alluring and, and intriguing, and um, but I think I think you know the original idea, like to your earlier point is more about the beast within. And like, you look at some of these, I, I, what, what fascinates me actually about like, like I really love American werewolf in, in London because it's such a hopeless spoiler alert. Um, it's such a hopeless story because they can't fix him. They can't make him better. And he's stuck this way and they're eventually going to have to put him down. Like they can't cure him of this. And it sucks because this he's just this tourist who is bitten and he falls in love and there's all this thing. It's a it's a it's kind of a campy fun story. Um but I think that's the tragedy of of the werewolf lore, at least how we see it in fiction now, is that you're stuck in this world and you have to like find a way around it. Um and you have to find a way to kind of like quell that beast inside. Mm-hmm. Um where where we see with other monsters there are cures potentially or you know it's more like it's a livable situation where this is like shit like one to nine days out of the month 
I'm a freaking wolf. Right, yeah. <laughs> I've got to pee around my clothes. I've got to <laughs> find some woods and a moon to howl at. You know, I've got to, yeah, like... It's definitely much, much more visceral. And, yeah. And I think even even when you were talking about vampires, you, you said something very interesting. You said the word outdoors. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's also something. As, as we get... I'll say this from an American perspective. As we get further and further away from the outdoors, the idea of being, like... In the woods and, and yeah. outside and in the dark and all those things become so much more specific. Like, mm-hmm. it just seems even even on its face harder to do. Yeah. So it's like, who runs through the woods at night without mm-hmm. shoes? I mean, that it, 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 it kind of, it reminds me a little bit of the Rudyard Kipling kind of thoughts of, like, his, his version of, like, Indian Africa. It's like, it's so hard mm-hmm. for one to render those those notions and yeah so i think like even in the modern perspective it's so hard to render the notion of i'm gonna because of the pull of the moon which makes no sense i'm going to uh be an animal outside mm-hmm. so it even becomes a, like a further step away right right and as we yeah as we become more reclusive as a as a society and you know become these shut-ins that's horrifying mm-hmm. and i think um it's going to be pretty... I'm very excited to see what kind of horror comes out of this pandemic. And hopefully it's not all virus stories. Um, <laughs> because I think there are going to be things like that where there's like this claustrophobia well, I mean, about the outdoors. Yeah, yeah I got to get to work. Um, <laughs> one, one movie I didn't bring up that is such an awesome movie is The Wolfman. Or Wolfman with Benicio Del Toro and Anthony Hopkins. Um, that came out like 15 years ago I think it's maybe not that long ago maybe less than uh it's so well done and that you really see like the struggle and that is actually I believe if I remember correctly is a hereditary story Mm. um but you see that struggle within him to fight the beast and it's just like it's such a good cast it's so well done um but yeah if if any of you are out there are writers like write something good about like the terrors of the outside yeah. Please. Please. Because I will try, but it won't be very good. <laughs> you're going to do a great I'm job. I'm easily distracted. No, you're not. You're a great writer. Oh, you say nice things. Well, is that, have we concluded? We've concluded. That's it. Well, Peepuses of the radio, thank you so much for joining us for part two of Werewolves. We really appreciate it. Um, I'm Jay, and this is my pal, Noel. We're just going to finish up by telling you what we're drinking. Noel, what are you drinking? Who's the sponsor? Uh, I'm drinking If You See K. If You See K. Tell her I love her, okay? Great. And I'm drinking Coors, which is a silver bullet, which will uh, get rid of all werewolves, should you need. So thank you, Coors Light, <laughs> for not only being a great intoxicant, but also a um, werewolf stopper. Stop. <laughs> You've been listening to High Spirits. This is all the time we have. Thank you so much. Noelle has one last horrible thing to say to you. Sweet dreams.